Welcome to the Back Pain Podcast with Rob and Dave, the only show geared specifically to help educate you about your back pain. We talk to the experts to bust the myths, break down the science, and give you all the top tips for living pain-free. So, if you're driving to work, tidy in the house, or even laid up at home in pain, we have something for everyone. Hello, friends and family, and welcome back to the Back Pain Podcast. Delighted to be joined today by Anisha. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you very much for asking. So, we're talking today about osteopathy. Yeah, I know. Good. So, what is osteopathy? What's an osteopath? An osteopath is a manual therapist, much like yourself, much like physiotherapists. And essentially, we look at the body as a whole, take the whole patient's lifestyle into consideration um, and try and empower them to feel better. I love it. So in very similar to our professions, it's that kind of, you know, we see a similar type of treatment, similar type of patient, similar type of injury generally when you know when myself and you would see the same type of patients so the reality is is that there's lots of similarities between physios chiropractors and osteopaths we see similar patients um, with similar concerns and I think that there's a common misconception that one is better than the other or that we sort of dislike one another and actually it's, it's really not the case and I think it's definitely becoming more common for us to work together um, with the same person. I don't know if you see that in clinic. Yeah, and that's exactly the message that we we advocate for in this podcast is that it shouldn't really be mattering who or shouldn't matter who you see. You know, whatever their job title, whatever their flavor of certificate is on the wall, I know it's the phrase that we've used a lot, you know, we should be getting the same outcomes the same treatments the same guidance when we go and see someone no matter who they are and I think that's what we stand for and that's what you stand for you know it's yes you're an osteopath I'm a chiropractor we've had lots of physios lots of GPs all people on this podcast but we're all striving for the same goal and that is get the patient in front of us better feeling better yada yada you know that's what we're here for exactly it's about the person that's in front of you um, and ensuring that they get the best level of care whether that's with you or whether that's with someone else yeah, exactly. And then, so where, how how you work at the moment? You you work primarily as osteopaths. You work with other people here. How does it work in your setup? So at the moment, we um, have sports massage therapists that work with us, um, and that's sort of all at the moment. Um, but we tend to recommend our patients if we feel that they need a physio or a chiropractor, or we know um, other other therapists or musculoskeletal therapists in the area will refer out to them Um, because like like anything like I guess doctors or consultants you have some osteopaths or some physios that specialize say in women's health or things like that so it's it's good good for them to see people who have more experience in those areas but I guess I'd say that the team within our clinic are general general osteopaths yes yeah (laughs) and I guess also it's not almost just specialties it's also preferences as well you know people in my clinic love treating back pain and sciatica some people love treating neck pain some people love treating shoulders and it's just their own kind of they're not specially trained in that area they've just kind of gone down the line of studying that more having a bit of interest in but you know the way you work that's just the, the general osteopath you see lots and lots of different things as well assuming lots of back pain as well lots of sciatica (laughs) yep absolutely and 
I mean, yeah, it's it's a it's a common one, as you know, uh, and it's nice to try and be on this podcast as well as sort of other platforms to try and um, let people know that we all treat other things as well, other than back pain and sciatica. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing to note as well. It's not, you don't just see chiropractic osteopathy back pain. <laughs> we also help shoulders, you know, same as your physio and stuff yeah. like that as well. Really important. So if someone wanted to come see an osteopath, you know, someone listening, they've never, they've got back pain right now or shoulder pain or anything else, and they are considering seeing an osteopath, what can they expect when they ring up and walk through the door? So first things first, um, hopefully... It's a smooth booking system. <laughs> we had an issue this morning, as Rob knows. Um, <laughs> so a smooth booking system and you would come into a friendly environment, a warm environment where you feel comfortable. Um, and what's important is that your therapist, whether it's osteopath um, or whoever, should take a thorough medical case history. Um, and in that, they will ask you questions to rule out any red flags. Um, but also you should find, or at least I I feel that you're talking more than the therapist. Um, so I you should feel like you're listened to and you are in some ways directing the conversation a bit, um, yeah. in my opinion. And um, that's the key message here is that it's about feeling heard, I think is super important. Yeah. Um, and describing in your own words what you're feeling because the reality is, is yes, we are experts. Yes, we've we've got training and we studied hard, but also um, you are the expert of your body. So it's important that your therapist listens to you. Um, after that, um, an osteopath would ask you to dress down to your underwear or as far as you feel comfortable. They may get you to do some movements. Um, they may test your strength on certain areas. And then they will um, explain to you in very simple terms what's going on. Um, most of the time, people are much stronger than they realize. Um, and I, I don't know about yourself, Rob, but I've definitely found, especially in London, actually, that there's quite a lot of self-blame. Um, people do come in and there's quite a, there's a, a narrative around, I know I need to stretch more or I know I need to do this, but I don't do it. So it's my fault, you know? And, you know, it's quite, it's quite nice to be able to correct that mindset with a patient and say, actually, you know, that's not the case. And, and this is what we can do. And, and actually you're, you've actually got a really strong body, but I, you know, we just need to do these little tweaks um, and work with you to sort of come up with a plan. And and it's really amazing to watch people walk out and and you ask how, how they should feel, I guess, when they walk out and they should feel just, yeah, empowered and super positive and excited. Yeah. I want my patients to walk out feeling excited about how much better they're going to be and how much stronger they yeah. feel just from their mindset not even physically yeah and so, so it's powering them up you know yeah. rather than telling people that there's all these things wrong with them you know mm. we've spoken about this before you know privately about how you know that's such a bad narrative that some clinicians might have about oh this is broken we need to fix this all these type of things and that's yeah. not the narrative that we want our patients to walk out with we want them saying yes you might be in pain now however 
these few tweaks, these this advice, this guidance, this hope, home exercise, whatever it might be, this can get you to this level. And that's what we're aiming for. So it's understanding their goals and their aims and then how they can reach those. Exactly. Blame culture is really interesting that you said, because I've noticed that as well, is people often, I think people are always searching in their mind for a reason as to why mm. they have pain now. And it's often, you know, we see these adverts, medical devices, you know, helps you stretch, do all this, you know, old wives tales about, you know, sleeping with the window open and you get neck pain. So people are always looking to try and blame the pain on something rather than thinking that pain is just a kind of a normal way of life. You know? mm. And so people try and think of, well, why has this happened? And they spend the next 24 hours thinking about why is my back sore now? And they can only think of, well, actually, I haven't moved a lot. I haven't done been the ex- done as much exercise mm-hmm. as I should. I haven't done these stretches or yoga, whereas I did before when I didn't have back pain. So they kind of pin it down to these things. And we in a really important position to say, actually, that's not really the reason you have back pain because you haven't been stretching for four hours a night. You know, it's a, yeah. back pain is a normal part of life to some degree. Yeah, and I know. And I actually say to some of my patients who sort of still struggle with it, you know, I say, I want you to kind of think of pain as like having a cold like you're not quite sure where you got it from but it will go yeah (laughs) you know and and it's okay and everyone gets colds it's not like sort of it's not to be feared when you get a cold you know that you need to rest a bit you need to adapt your life but you know and actually that works really really well yeah um, they're like, okay. And then every time they get fearful, I go, don't forget, you know, yes, you might feel a bit sore, but it's just a cold. Yeah. And they're like, all oh, right, yeah, okay, it's a cold. Um, and that really helps them. And then you know that if you have a cold, yeah, you're going to adapt, as you said, but then you're going to help take some things which might give you some symptomatic relief. That might be some therapy, might be some stretches, might be some exercises. That's not to fix you. You know, mm. you wouldn't take a Sudafed and think, this is going to fix my cold. It's going to give you, it might make me feel better. And that's what we do. You know, nothing is, we're not fixing people when we're seeing them. We're giving them the advice and the guidance, which mm-hmm. is going to lead them along that, you know, natural favorable history, which we know back pain has. The majority of people will get better with yeah. back pain. Yeah. Which, which is a good thing. A really good message. It's amazing. Um, yeah. The body, the body just needs direction really, but it does its own thing. Yeah. We're a coach, you know, helping people along the path rather than a yeah. Yeah, teacher telling people what to do. It's just guiding them in the right, guiding them in the right direction. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. So then what about kind of, we spoke, we touched on kind of manual therapy and exercises. What, you know, if we talk of generally, because I know they're obviously going to be more specifics, but generally when someone's getting some form of manual therapy, what can they expect when they're seeing an osteopath? So when you see an osteopath, um, you can expect to have some manual therapy. So hands-on treatment that may give some symptomatic relief. Um, And then it's all about managing also or helping that person's lifestyle so typically when the patient is on the treatment couch I'll also be talking to them generally about maybe work their lifestyle those sorts of things to get a gauge because um as we know sort of stress sleep those things can really impact pain as well so it's it's about getting a gauge as to where this pain is coming from and and taking everything into account um and then also uh coming up with some exercises um to further strengthen their back um or whatever they've come in with um and also just making it manageable so one of the things i found again in london or i mean everyone's busy right so (laughs) yeah so one of the things that i like to do is start with one exercise just one that will they can fit into their life 
around kids, around working at a desk, long hours or whatever that is. And I'll always sort of start, for me, it's important to start small because for myself as well, if you're writing an essay, it, it's quite daunting to to think of the whole essay, but writing it bit by bit is easier. And so I feel like that's easier for patients to um, do. And, you know, I'll discuss with them what they feel is realistic um, as well, because there's no point, in my opinion, giving someone a 30 minute exercise routine to do every night when there's just, yeah. you know, there's no way that they might find time to do that. It's got to be achievable. It's got to be achievable. Um, and also if they achieve it, then they feel good. You know, yeah. they can come in and go, yep, yeah, I did it every day at my desk and it was easy and, and that was good. And then you can sort of adapt accordingly. Um, so yeah, it's about ensuring that the patient feels like they can, they can do it and it's manageable around their life. Yeah. So, so it's really encouraging them to do something for themselves, you mm. know, which is, I know is a message of this podcast and it's a message that you stand for as well. It is showing them something which they can do, you know, rather than just relying on you to rub, rub this better. It's, yeah. Okay. This might give you that window of opportunity to move a bit more, but actually moving a bit more is what's going to really, really help you in the long, in the, in the long run, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And sort of helping them understand what pain is. And, um, you know, in simple terms, just explaining what we now know about yeah. pain and the fear associated with it, et cetera, yeah. and, and telling them that it's okay to sort of lean into that a little bit. And that multifactorial nature of pain, as you said, there are so many other factors that can, can contribute. You know, people might not realize that their you know, crappy sleep pattern and their poor diet and their lack of sunlight, whatever it might be, all these factors build up and they might be a 0.1%, but, you know, all these things build up and then end up with an episode of pain so has this kind of changed for you you know, we talk about this this being your mentality or your ethos now has this changed for you kind of since when you graduated to now and how long has that been and what's that journey been like you're 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 telling me to give away my age Rob <laughs> yeah or when did you graduate <laughs> we talk about that then that's it yeah maybe so I graduated in 2010 no 2008 and yes 100% you know things have changed massively me um the I had I've had a very I guess slow reality check um because it's hard it's hard when you you're learning and you're sort of told that this is this is right this is correct this is gospel this is gospel you're doing exams in it um of which you know you're you're working very hard to imprint within your brain um and then suddenly you sort of come out of uni and I've always known like I've always always said from day dot that it's super important what comes out your mouth in the treatment room I've said that even my first lot of associates that I ever took on that's the first thing I said to them it's more about what comes out your mouth than what the treatment is <laughs> and I've always said that but then I didn't actually know that there was research to kind of back that. And yeah, and I didn't, so it was about slowly kind of learning that and, and sort of people like yourself um, and others sort of going, oh, did you know this? And did you know that? And, and it's, hard, it's hard to sort of be a clinician and learn something so thoroughly um, 
and then realize, hang on a minute, that's not necessarily correct. Mm. Um, and it's having to unlearn the learn, which I feel takes kind of doubly as long, but I had, I, I guess I had that realization and, you know, I realized that I have quite, you know, I have a media presence and I've been on telly, et cetera. So for me, it was, you know, I want to, I, I do want to give out the correct information. And I think that there's absolutely no harm in sort of putting your hands up and going, do you know what? Actually, I've had to unlearn quite a lot yeah. from what we were taught. And actually, I'm excited by it. Um, and I've seen the benefits of it. I've seen, and I've always, always wanted to empower my patients, make sure that they're positive from day dot. But I've now sort of implemented more things, I guess, in, into the way that I treat my patients in terms of sort of sleep and stress and, um, you know, including advice being things like mindfulness. Um, so yeah, I, I would say that I've definitely evolved um, as a practitioner and I'm, I'm um, really excited to sort of see where the profession's going and I've seen the results firsthand. So it's really, really great. I think that really should ring true with everyone because I don't think there's a practitioner on the planet who should be looking back at what they were doing 10 years ago and thinking everything I did and said then was right. You know, I everybody should be evolving and changing. You know, the way that you explain sciatica to someone today might be completely different to the way you did it last week and should be, I'd imagine, completely different to the way you explained it 10 years ago. Yeah. And these things are constantly evolving, changing. You listen to an episode of a podcast, you go on a course, whatever it might be, you read a research paper, and you go, oh, I like that turn of phrase. You know, that could be really useful. You just read a book on pain and go, oh, actually, that analogy is really good for explaining pain. And that constant evolution is exactly what we should be doing as as kind of as practitioners. Mm. Could you kind of give an of, of could you give us an example of maybe how you might have seen someone 10 years ago compared to today and how that or what you would have done differently and how, you know, if you had a do over, you'd manage that person differently today? Yeah, um, I'm sure I can. Uh, so I would say I'm not thinking of anyone in particular, um, but if, for instance, let's use sciatica as an example. If someone came in with sciatica um, sort of 10 years ago, I would um, look at them sort of very structurally um, and sort of, you know, use the words, things like, oh, right, okay, so you've got a mold scoliosis, which may be impacting the way that you weight bear. And that could put added pressure on your lower back, which might cause this muscle that attaches here to get quite tight. And that can cause an impingement on the yeah. nerve, which is causing sciatica. Sorry if that was too anatomical, but <laughs> yeah. it was, It essentially it would be quite anatomical. It would be very structurally based and probably not that multifactorial, but sort of now it would be um, very different in that I would sort of check maybe the strength. I'd get them to do some movements, um, throughout I'd be going oh that's good oh that's great um and sort of a positive kind of oh I didn't I didn't think um or, or I, I wasn't expecting this to be as good sort of because yeah. where where sort of where they in the medical case history may have said oh I can't bend over to touch my toes 
and then I might get them to, for instance, sit on the couch and then bend over as if to touch their toes and they might have, they'll have no pain, for instance. And I'll say, oh, that's interesting because this will, you know. It's the same movement. Yeah, it's the same movement. And um, and they're like, oh, and you can see them sort of go, wow. And, and I make a point now to really sort of look at them in the eyes. Um, you look scared right now, Rob. You can't see him, thank God. Um, <laughs> thank God. <laughs> and I look at them in the eyes and I say, you've got a really strong body. And that's regardless of how old this person is that's sat in front of me. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, because everyone's bodies are really strong. Um, and all it is, is that we just need to work together. And we'll, what we'll do is we'll help, we'll look at all elements of your lifestyle, including things like the fact that you only get three hours sleep a night. And we'll, we'll work together to make sure that you feel better in every element of your life sort yeah. of thing and so it's yeah it's definitely more holistic and empowering yeah um and i feel like what i was taught back in the day uh was quite like you're fixing this person yeah, and and this is you know their sacroiliac joint needs cracking and that will make them feel better you know just yeah everything yeah, that, that structural focus, and that's exactly what my training was. It was very much, here's the problem, this is how we fix it, patient gets better. And that was kind of the 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 goal. The patient has pain because of their posture. It was always looking for a problem yeah. as opposed to realizing that everyone has pain and pain is a kind of a normal aspect of life. There are lots of factors that can contribute to it. You know, our job isn't just to fix it and send them on their way, it's to help the patient understand that and kind of move along that journey. When we're talking to um, Adam Eakins, you might know about one of the reasons why so many people have a lot of pain and why this problem with chronic pain. And his kind of theory, and he openly said that he's got no evidence to back this up, was that we are in a society where we're always looking to fix pain. And all these adverts are saying, fix pain mm-hmm. now, blast pain away with this painkiller, whatever it might be. And we're not in a, you know, we've made pain abnormal. And people are always looking for a, a problem to go away. Whereas mm. actually, 100 years ago, pain was a, a normal part of life and getting people to understand that pain actually is quite normal maybe not debilitating can't move pain but a little bit of ache and grumble is probably a normal aspect of life and it doesn't mean there's a problem you know and I think that's what patients are still in that mindset sometimes that I've got pain there must be a problem when actually there hasn't necessarily been something that mild scoliosis which you know you and I might have picked up on they've probably had that for 25 years and yeah. it, you know they've never had back pain 25 for the last 25 years it's only happened in the last weeks after they just moved house you know yeah. and that's a so blaming it on that specific structural problem I would have done exactly the same thing yeah I agree and I think one of the things Adam has said and you know I find myself saying now is um you know damn uh, damage uh pain doesn't equal damage that's it yeah. and I think he said that or someone said that um but yeah and I and I say that to my patients all the time and I I use the example of uh, a bloodshot eye, for instance, and how you you may not feel it, but it's actually a burst capillary in your eye. And that should be painful technically, but it's not. Um, So yeah, it's really, I guess it's it's rewarding. It's rewarding to empower people in the right way. And actually, yeah, I I feel like, evolution is just part of what everyone should be we grow in so many other areas of our life we learn in every everything we do um so i just 
don't see why we can't learn as a as a profession yeah it, it's a vital part of any profession you know whether yeah. you're an architect or, or an osteopath or a I don't know, an accountant. I can't think of any of the professions. Only, yeah. only, only A's I can think of today. Um, but uh, yeah, there's lots of professions and we all should be just that constant evolving. I think it's really important. It's important to survive. It's important to grow our professions as well. We don't want to be those professions who they're still doing what they were doing 50 years ago. You know, if it was, there was a subgroup of doctors that were doing that, then they probably wouldn't be doctors for much longer, would they? <laughs> they're yeah. still bloodletting using leeches or something. Exactly. What wouldn't be ideal. <laughs> So how do you see the profession? And if you, you know, whether we call that the MSK professions, all of them, or osteopathy, how do you see that moving forwards in the future? Um, well, what I'd like for it to be is just a lot more collaboration, a lot more referral between different professions. And actually, um, a, lo a lot more sort of respect for one another. Because regardless, if, if you and I went in with the same patient, we may see, say things or, or give that patient a different exercise for their knee pain. Um, however, it's not for me to say you're wrong. You know, it's actually because you're not wrong. Um, that That's your clinical experience. And that's the exercise that you chose in that moment. And I chose a different one. Yeah. So, and, and the reality is, is that exercise will ensure that that patient gets better. Um, both of us. So from my perspective, I'm hoping that all sort of musculoskeletal therapists um, respect one another um, and also sort of, I guess, recognize that some people are, still need to learn and still need to grow. Yeah. And, I, and I'm hoping that this podcast um, and um, various other media platforms and things like that where I have been wrong in the past will be an opportunity for me to sort of and others sort of be able to go actually this is correct and this is how you can empower yourself yeah. and so so when when we are wrong I guess is the way to put it mm. rather than doubling down and being like no 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 because of this this and this it should be saying okay I, I made a mistake there and that's yeah. openly what we should be doing and we should be comfortable saying I don't know and we should be comfortable saying I was wrong there whether that's to patients whether it's to other team members whether it's to different people and different osteopaths different chiropractors different physios we should be holding hands up and saying no I, I was wrong there but learning and this is where we as healthcare professionals can help others so it's not just belittling people I guess to some degree mm. it's it is you know which does happen you know medical twitter is a place like that but it's not belittling people it's about showing them the right path and you know not you know teaching them but guiding them in the same way that we would do with the patient yeah exactly that um and and I think you know possibly kind of therapists they they sort of graduate they go out there on their own they're sort of the boss in the treatment room so possibly you know that's why there's some resistance out there especially from maybe those that graduated a long time ago yeah. um but I think I guess I'm sat here going, do you know what? It's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to go, do you know what? Yeah, I pro probably would have managed that patient differently. Now I know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and you know, this podcast, people like yourself are, you know, really, really, really doing great things because, you know, I tell my patients all the time to listen to your podcast. Thank you. 
Um, because yeah, it's a, it's a nice way for them to understand what I'm trying to tell them in the treatment room. Yeah. Um, so yeah. That's what we want to hear. So then what else are you doing? So I know you've got an online community as well, which is kind of, you know, specifically aimed at manual therapists and MSK kind of professionals. Can you tell us about that and how that's kind of teaching people or helping them along this journey to better being better? Yeah. So um, my sister and I created the Osteo Allies community um, based after lockdown, actually. Um, and the, the reason we created it was actually um, to bring bring therapists together from all different professions, talk about collaboration, talk about respect. Um, because I had I had, had a bit of a tough time um, on, you know, social media, et cetera. Um, and I'd, yeah, been through a bit of a bad patch. So we were like, and, and, I, and I received lots of messages from other therapists sort of saying that they really wanted to sort of go out there and spread the word but they were too scared um and so that's kind of why we created the community just purely just we wanted to create a safe space for people to feel like regardless of how they would treat a knee that it was okay you know and and sort of being able to gradually guide them as opposed to belittling them as you said telling them they're wrong yeah so, yeah, so that's why we created the community. And actually, we are changing it from, well, in a, in a month or so. So what we found was we did a face-to-face networking thing. And it just was so incredibly powerful. We had no idea that having similar mindset therapists in one space would be so powerful and it was amazing. And everyone since then that came to it was like, when are you doing another one? When are you doing another one? And so we realized actually we want to move that online stuff to real life stuff and get people in the same room talking in a really friendly, lovely atmosphere and learning from one another. So um, that's that's where we're headed with the community and it's exciting. Sounds amazing. I'm looking forward to uh, hearing more about that, I think. You're not invited. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us. I think that brings us nicely to kind of to end that. Where can people go to find out more about you? Obviously, you mentioned the Osteo Allies community. Where can people go to find out more about you? Um, so they can find me on Instagram. I'm at Osteo uh, And I have a website, osteoanisha.com. Um, and yeah, I, I've done a few interviews on this morning you can find me on youtube um apparently i've not actually watched the whole thing <laughs> whole, uh, the whole way through is so embarrassing but um yeah so anything about myself but yeah on my instagram i try and um post some useful tips that people can do and yeah hopefully it's useful and if people want to book in to see you where, where can they find you uh they can go to osteoallies.co.uk um and i'm based um in the london clinic um and i also work out in dubai brilliant fantastic thank you so much for joining us no worries thanks everyone for listening and we will catch you on the next episode over and out over and out